Good morning, my bro. Sweet, oh, sweet day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're bros. We're bro bros, season bros. continues. And we had sure such does. a good conversation with Brock Charlelli last week. And I haven't seen the movie yet at the time of recording, I'm ashamed to say, but you have, and I'm dying to hear everything. Saw it Sunday at uh, at the NoHo West Theater. Perhaps not the hotbed of uh, of gay cinema activity. Yeah, I don't know that one. Yeah, it's just you know it's it's in it's in the valley. I mean, we know this by now. Sparsely attended, but those who were there enjoyed it. It's I laughed and cried. You laughed and cried. I mean, I what else do you cried. want? Uh, I I wish that I had seen it before we spoke to Brock Charlella because he really steals the the parts that he's in. It's, oh, good. It's a very, very, very funny. It's he, he he did a very artful job when he was here last week of explaining what his character is all about. But then uh, once the, the plot is set in motion, then it's like, oh boy. Hmm. Okay, I've I've been around a Steve. I I've maybe been a Steve. Oh, it's 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 a not, lot, a lot. Oh, uh, definitely. Anyway, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. It needs more Guy Branham, but what doesn't? Of course, we all do. It's yeah. The, the discourse this week is uh, is playing out, and I think we have decided that we will just politely step aside and let the discourse uh, play itself out. Uh, so you're not, there's not going to be like an Esquire Dave Holmes piece about this to no. sort of no. set records straight? No, no, because I'm still working on this uh, gay comedy documentary that will be coming to Netflix next year. We are pushing toward the finish line. It is uh, crazy, crazy days in the office. So yeah, I just have not had the chance to write about the things that I want to write about. So alas, there will be no bros feature uh, in Esquire. But, um, this is but it. I will tell the listeners, go see it. Go see it. Uh, go You will enjoy yourself. You will enjoy yourself. And just stay out of the arguments uh, on Twitter. But that's, I think, across the board. Always stay, stay out, of, out of the arguments on Twitter. I mean, for yeah, sure. No good can come of it. By the way, okay, so so there so like the dumbest person I know is on Twitter. And he is a he's a, a straight guy, a bro, you might say. Mm-hmm. He's like a big conservative tough guy on Twitter. Oh, and God. he's constantly like whatever dumb outrage Fox News has cooked up, he'll have he'll have a take on it. The Sydney Sweeney thing, he was just like, the left has lost their minds. It's like nobody's fucking. What wait what what Fox News was mad at Sydney Sweeney? They were not. No no oh, no, no, no. Oh yeah, the thing. Oh yes, the thing where she said she didn't. She wasn't making enough money or something. No 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 no. No, this is newer. No, she oh, posted oh. pictures from like her mom's birthday party, and a couple of her relatives had like Blue Lives Matter shirts on or something. So she's got like conservative Ew. family members, and and so like I get whatever. Six people on Twitter were mad. Six people on Twitter are always mad. About anything. Sure. You can get six people on Twitter to prove any point that you want to make. The thing is, to turn it into journalism is stupid and lazy. And then to like watch that shit on TV and believe it and have a comment about it is stupid and lazy. Anyway, uh, this guy's the dumbest person in the world. And I have a group text. We all get an alert anytime he tweets. We analyze oh, it. We pick it apart. It's, it's my own worst nightmare, but it's this guy deserves it. Anyway, his take last week was such a triumph of the form of angry conservative guy Twitter. And I'm just going to, because I, I have it memorized, I'm just going to say it to you. Let's hear it. Stacey Abrahams is truly asshole. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. You got the name wrong. With the, was there a supporting link no. with this? No. Nope. Just simply nope. Nope. putting nope. it out there that she is, she is truly asshole. A, 
She is truly <laughs> asshole. Anyway. <laughs> oh, it's a good time. I, uh, yeah. Anyway. So. Wow. Well, uh, that's, that's Twitter. That's Twitter. And Elon Musk is about to buy it. So we're all going to have to get off and, and find something new to do with our lives. And I can't wait. Well, but before we do, we we, we are guestless this week. It is just yes, family. We are, we are going fan. to, speaking of Twitter, be reading some listener questions Great. from there and from Instagram and from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Great. Just engaging with the homophiliacs like we like to do. Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do it. I'm going to go to the tweets first because there's only a couple of them. Here is one. I'm assuming these people don't want me to use their names. Yeah. I'm turning 40 in a few weeks, which probably mm-hmm. by the time I'm reading this, he's 40. Happy birthday, uh, which, of course, is stirring up a lot of feelings. I've dealt with depression and anxiety my whole life. And one of the side effects of that is that I've basically isolated myself, especially from gay life. I don't really have any gay friends, and I'm too embarrassed to admit how long it is since I've even attempted sex. And now at 40, I fear it's all too late. Even if I could bring myself to get out there, a big if, my contemporaries are well into their Beagles and Vacation Homes era when I don't even get to the basic wild oats era. I look forward and see loneliness and regret. What should I do? Oh, oh, man, that's heartbreaking. Wow. I was not prepared to start off with uh, such a real one. What do you think, Dave? But you know what? Thank you for bringing that to us. First of all, let's, let's address the 40 of it first. Yeah. I hate that we still fixate on 40, and myself included, and 50. It's... I mean, I know that it's, it's banal to say that it's nothing but a number, but it is. And, you know, there is a life for you beyond all of these artificial markers that we set up. One thing that I guess I'm I'm thrilled about being someone who's in my 50s, a thing that didn't exist when I was in my 20s, or maybe it did, but I didn't know about it. There's such a thing as daddies now. You know, one That's can right. age comfortably and confidently into his daddy years. There are places. There are... There are enthusiasts. Big time. There are full communities. Full communities, genres of music, really, that are uh, that are just for you. So it's way premature to give up. I, although I will say, I mean, I, 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 not to speak for the question asker, but I'm, I already start to feel a sense of panic when you say that. The idea of entering a daddy phase is... Mm-hmm. It is not appealing for everybody because I think, I think it's just, it brings up the exact same fear that turning 40 or 50 brings. Sure. But at least there is a social sort of milieu around it, right? Yes. There's, there's places to go. However, if you're, you know, if you're suffering from social anxiety, that can also be incredibly difficult. Yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, I don't, yeah. I, I, Tough to treat this like an advice podcast when I have truly no good advice. Definitely no original advice, but you got to be in therapy. Hands down, no question. Does not matter where you live, obviously. There's probably an ad for better help in this episode. Hmm. I think that that is is step number one for sure. And obviously, it's got to be a therapist that you can connect with. And that might mean that it's a gay man. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would also recommend, because here's the thing, like it seems, and, and if this person's immediate group of friends are all settled down, then, you know, then that's what's up. But like, it seems like the rest of the world is either settled down or very comfy uh, being single outside or whatever. But that is, uh, that's like 
confirmation bias. Those are just the mm-hmm. people that you see, right? So there is a whole world of people who are feeling the same way, especially as we come out of a pandemic and we start to learn how to mix and mingle once again. So, I mean, there are, you know, there, there's such a thing as like activity groups and pickleball and kickball and, and things that, you know, I, I don't know whether this person is in, you know, an urban area or, or what, but, but there's, there's like activity groups around something. I, and there are Zoom things and I going I have a specific suggestion, not just Ooh. for our question asker, but for you, Matt, for you listener, uh, for everyone. George Ramsey, former guest yes. of homophilia, runs a monthly breathwork session for gay men. It is literally called Gay Breath Club. And once a month, there are Zoom meetings. There's some uh, like discussion. Oh, you've been doing it. I've been doing it. Yeah, I'm not uh, obviously. Again, like the, the last couple months, it's been sure, sure. stuck. But and, because it, like I'm not gonna fucking do it in an office. I'm not gonna you know like access my feelings and then scream into a pillow. But I can do it at home. Uh, I really, really recommend it. There is a Slack group around it. It's uh, it's guys from all over the country, all over the world. Um, and it's you know it, we do get into these concepts of like, you know, um, of aging and of like social anxiety and of, you know, like trusting yourself and trusting your own body when, you know, your formative years are spent not trusting yourself and your body. It's, it is very helpful. And then breathwork itself is incredibly helpful. It is like meditation, but, but kind of supercharged. I cannot recommend Gay Breath Club highly enough. And I think it is just gaybreathclub.com. That's a great tip. And if you're hearing this in LA, there is a uh, there's a session. I think this coming Sunday, the whatever this coming Sunday is, uh, somewhere downtown, which I uh, think I'm going to go to. But yeah, I mean, the shit is out there. I swear. And 40s, great. I know nobody wants to hear that. Is a, a great idea, and I agree. Uh, the 40s have been, um, you know, so far so good. Although I did turn 40 right at the start of the pandemic, mm-hmm. I would also say. You know, obviously you want to be wary of the gay man's tendency toward, you know, body dysmorphia and exercise addiction and all of that, that stuff and the like toxic tendencies toward like just, you know, focusing too much on aesthetics. But Mm -hmm. I do think that now is the time I don't, you know, if this person is not exercising now's the time to do yeah, it even if it's just walking partially just because of the yes but just the 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 natural feel good endorphins and all of that stuff but i also think it's good to like i think there is a healthy version of becoming a slightly hotter version of yourself especially when you are focused on aging and and uh worrying that you're like losing your cultural currency in the gay community mm-hmm Think about how many hot people there are in their 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jennifer Aniston, chief among well, them. Obviously. You know, be the Jennifer Aniston of your world. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also know that uh, that daddy spaces tend to be a little more lenient than mm. your, you know, Gay spaces right. that you tend to exactly in, yeah. The in, goal here is not to uh, to look like you looked in your twenties or to no. be especially 
yanked or carved. Mm -hmm. But yeah, carve out 30 minutes even for a brisk walk and you will honestly feel better. I love it. Uh, And write to us again and let us know how you're doing. Please. Okay. I've got another one here. Hi, Dave and Matt. I've been listening to Homophilia since the beginning and never missed an episode. Oh, would love to get your insights on what else hookups on Grindr. I'm 41 and live in the suburbs in Indiana. I have a boyfriend of nine years. We do not live together, but typically see each other weekly and still have a very healthy, sweaty, satisfying sex life. Come on. But my, my boyfriend travels for work at times, so we both occasionally use the apps to scratch that itch when we've been apart. There's plenty of guys near me on Grindr, but a surprising amount of the men who reach out to me are married to women. Since I have a boyfriend, I am looking for something more casual, so a guy that just sneaks off to my place for an hour sounds pretty ideal. My concerns are obviously, one, helping a guy cheat on on his wife, and two, wondering if the wife will follow them to my place and cause a scene and or violence. What do you two think about secretly hooking up with married guys? I have a feeling your answer will be don't do it, but let me remind you, I live in Indiana, so my options are a bit more limited. Ha ha. Love you both. Love the podcast. And we love you. Yeah, we do. But you don't know us at all. I say do it. I absolutely. Oh, I I thought we were going to come down on opposite sides here. Yeah, because I I say absolutely do it. Absolutely do it. Absolutely do it. People are smarter than you give them credit for. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like these guys who are uh, married to women, it's perhaps not at the conscious level, but there's an understanding. There has to be. And and yes. sometimes perhaps at the conscious level, sometimes there might be an explicit understanding that exactly. you, you don't know about, but it is absolutely not your responsibility. No. Yeah. If you you're know, just looking for a quick, you know, a little something uh, and no, you know, emotional attachment or commitment or anything like that, then yeah, that, that is the ideal situation. I mean, yeah. And I, I do understand your reluctance i think that we'd be giving different advice if we were talking about like dating these people getting into relationships with people and you are definitely not uh seeking that out i'm glad you and your your boyfriend still have a healthy sweaty satisfying sex life this is just about as you said scratching that itch i think it's kind of okay to do it and maybe who knows you there might be the side effect of even helping to move along some some shift in these hetero marriages you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe you're helping them liberate themselves from from whatever is not working yeah and certainly if any of these women need advice uh on how uh, to move forward we're we're here for that as well absolutely yeah i mean uh, yeah i i you know, I say go for it. That's obviously if we if there were an advice givers union, we'd be kicked out of it. But that's fine. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, speaking of advice, speaking of dating advice, I'm holding this up. It's not a visual medium, but uh, but Nick Vile of Unsent. That's right, and, and also um, it, to like a you know on a lower level, the Bachelor franchise uh, has a dating advice book out as of this week, and it's really fun and funny and and blunt and wise, and uh, he's a, he's a lovely fellow. We love him. Okay, I am switching over to sweet sweet Instagram. 
Dave, have you ever had a guest on the show and after the show you were just underwhelmed? Well, we've sort yes. of addressed this in the past. That is a hard guess. Yeah, it's I, absolutely I mean, I, hard guess. Yeah. We're not going to name names, but no, you can unfortunately, tell. <laughs> we're not. You can absolutely <laughs> tell, and you can tell. You know, and I, I do say openly and often that uh, many times I don't care for our guest, but sure, we're all just here to peddle our wares. I'm going to say this, and I don't want to make you self-conscious, but you do have a tell, Matt. Uh, and I, I know you have like self-view hidden, but I no, it's very subtle. It, they would never know, but I know because I know you. But there is there is there is a, a leaning back that happens in the first couple minutes where I'm just like, oh okay. wow, God, yeah. that's blood curdling, uh, no, bone no, chilling no, no. to know. Hey, you are known and loved, so accept it. And truly, the guests would never know in a million years. Okay, well, I have a question here two questions for you specifically one is from our friend patrick gave us patrick i'm sorry i don't know how to say your last name i don't know if it's patrick javas or patrick gave us g-e-v-a-s of the miami beach pride festival and many other things uh someday we love and patrick asks favorite albums of the year oh good question good question I have to do the quantitative research. I have to go to my Spotify. Uh, I will tell you, I don't know if it's actually from this year, but the Self-Esteem album, I really like a lot. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Self-Esteem. It's sort no, of, not. she's a bit the, like, you know how like there's dry cleaning and wet leg and these sort of like post-punk bands with women just sort of saying poems over them? Uh, uh, sure, I guess. Yeah, she's, a, she's a little bit that. She's a little bit that, but perhaps a bit poppier uh, and more accessible. I, I like her a lot. The um, latest Frank Turner album, uh, I really okay. like a lot. I am a huge fan of his and have been for ages. Oh, Danielle Ponder. She is uh, a woman we're playing a lot on the spectrum on Sirius XM. She is a, she's like early 40s. She was a public defender who like, oh, wow. played music on the side. And then- it just kind of blew up. And now she has this album that's just come out that is that is truly spectacular. She has a gorgeous voice. She is um, touring with Marcus Mumford right now, Danielle Ponder. Amazing. And that's uh, quite a story. Oh, yeah. No, she's she's got like the full human interest thing happening. Yeah. Uh, I liked the Blackpink album, but I haven't really come back to it. Uh, God. Yeah, I think I think that covers it. For this year, thus far, um, I'm uh, I'm I'm reaching into the past as a man in his fifties might do. As a matter of fact, this coming weekend, uh, we are going to see the Pet Shop Boys and New Order at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, and I'm so excited! I cannot tell you, Matt. What are you listening to? I mean, you know, I'm always going to be a letdown in this department. I I, I genuinely forget about music uh, sometimes. I'm so yeah geared toward podcasts, which I'm not, even at the gym, I'm listening to podcasts. And in that realm, I, I, what can I recommend? Well, the Piketon Massacre is, or the Pike County Massacre, the Piketon Massacre, uh, is the, it's not for you, Dave. It is Is the true crime crime story of, uh, Ohio's biggest murder, uh, which uh-huh. happened just uh, outside of my hometown. Holy shit. And they're now at the stage of covering the trial. It is the story of a, a family of four who murdered a family of eight in like a, 
shockingly well executed, um, well organized, well planned hit. And, um, you know, it's a real kind of Hatfields and McCoys and you get a sense of the part of Ohio that I am from, which is the hillbilly elegy part of Ohio. Oh, I see. Okay. You're getting Southern accents. You're getting the the uh, the people that I came from. But you yourself have not killed. I have not. No. You have not taken a life. Okay. No. Uh, and, uh, you know, but it is a very small town. You've got connections to everybody. You know, there are never too many degrees removed. I did not know either of these families, but like my parents knew the parents of one of the murderers, I think. The judge who's overseeing the trial, it was old family friend. His daughter was my best friend in high school. You oh, know, yeah. we got connections all over the okay. place. Not to brag. How anyway, many episodes? That is, there's like three seasons. There are a ton of episodes. Oh, my God. This murder don't stop. And I'm just real into spooky season right now. I mean, there's a podcast called Halloweenies that is like deep, deep horror geekdom doing like full, like two and a half hour episodes on just like. On, on, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. And uh-huh. they've covered a lot of horror movies I love. I've been really enjoying them. What else? Right. I don't know. I listen to mm, script notes. We have to have John August on. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Let's get on that. I have two podcast recommendations. And then the album that I've been listening to more than anything, which is so much a part of my life, I took it for granted and couldn't even think of it. But we'll get to that. Uh, okay, one... There's a new podcast on Starburns called What Makes This Song Stink. It, mm. is, uh, it is a podcast version of a popular YouTube series, which itself is like a takeoff of, I guess there's some like musicologist who, who does this YouTube series about like, why do we love this song? And like breaks, you know, breaks the chord progression down and all that kind of nerdy stuff. Um, this guy does the opposite about, you know, Kryptonite by Three Doors Down or... Paralyzer by Finger Eleven or whatever. Okay. Uh, you know, cr- CrossFit Rock. Uh, it's a guy named Pat Finnerty, who is very funny and who, as part of the YouTube show, I guess there's some new Machine Gun Kelly song called Emo Girl. And so, like, in response to that, he wrote a bunch of fake emo songs and recorded them and released them. And they are now on the proper, like, Billboard rock charts. Like, people oh. don't understand that it's a joke. August is Falling is the name of the, the band that doesn't exist. Wow. I was just a guest and my episode has not come out yet, but uh, I was I was a guest a couple of weeks ago. It should be out soon. But uh, wonderful people have been on it, like Emily Skinner and Jordan Morris. It's uh, it's super fun. Also, another podcast that's two white guys talking, totally beverages and sometimes hot sauce. Oh, your yes. name has come up on this show. It is uh, Andrew Rosen, husband of Elizabeth uh, Lane. Elizabeth Lame. Of the totally uh, podcast universe, and a guy named Josh Briggs, who is a like a music industry guy, who is just very charming and funny. And the two of them literally just talk about like it's a different sort of beverage or or like bunch of beverages every week, and they 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 get deeply into them, and they do it with the most soothing voices I've ever heard in my life. It is full. AMDR, yeah. SMR, SMR, whatever the thing is that. that is soothing voices. Uh, I can't get enough of it. I was also a guest on that. My episode was out. We did decoy wine spritzers. And ah. uh, and they all tasted like uh, toilets. But it's a it's a really it's a super, super fun show. And it will uh, if you're having trouble sleeping, not, and this is no dig on them, I've said it to both of them, it will help. There's a soothing quality to their voices. They are absolutely in fact, used it. 
uh, to get to sleep. And then music-wise, how the fuck did neither of us come up with uh, Renaissance? It's well, it, I, yeah, I guess we, I we guess talked about it so it much. Just, it goes without it's saying. Like, yeah. yeah, like it's it, like it doesn't even like count as music. It's just it yeah. is it is existence at the it moment. Has, you know, it has existed since the beginning of time. I'm still I'm st- America has a problem is still the song that I hit repeat on. Uh, Summer Renaissance sometimes, but it's just it's just one cohesive unit of, yeah. of joy and music and sex and sweat and queerness. Oh, big time. Uh, if you haven't listened to the read uh, going through Renaissance track by track a few weeks ago when it first came out, uh, please do that. It is the best thing you'll hear this year. A couple quickies here. Oh, it's quickie round, lightning round. TJ Van Houten asks, would you consider interviewing an athlete, perhaps a lesbian tennis player? Yes, obviously. Yes, of course. By the way, I was supposed to, uh, for men's health, I was supposed to go and profile Carl uh, Nassib, the the gay active NFL player. Oh yeah, but he was. It was like just before he like he was maybe going to get put on a team. There's a name for this, but he was going to get put on a team, but he uh-huh. wasn't quite sure where he was going to go. And so he was like at home, and he was doing these long workouts, and he was kind of waiting by the phone, and he could have had to leave at a moment's notice, which eventually he did. So and now he's playing for a, a team. And so I didn't get to do the thing. I hope that it gets tabled and we get to do it later. It would be uh, it would be a ton of fun because he's fine. That would be great. It'd be even better to have him on. Uh, I don't know how to say this person's name. Uh, do you guys think Leah Michelle can read? That was a couple weeks ago when we were people oh really asking God. that question, oh and I think that I, she probably can. I don't. I don't think you that don't. She can. I don't think that she can. I'm going to need to see proof. It, it is, you know, notable in her denials is her reading anything. Notable, notably absent in her denials is her actually reading anything. That's what that's what makes me feel like there's a. a Do we know how that rumor there. got started? I don't know how that rumor no. got started. What a uh, yeah. weird rumor to get it's started. Very odd. Uh, you know, she is getting uh, very good reviews. Yes, she is. Of course, she is. She's very, very talented. She's very talented. But she'll shit in your wig. This one, oh, right? I forgot about that too. What is what is the Leah Michelle and Jonathan Groff friendship like? Like, what is what is hanging out with them like? Is is it is it fun? He's just all, all show tunes all the time. Do they have stories? Is it all show tunes all the time? Are they just staring at each other and whispering inside jokes? Yeah, I'm picturing some snarky fun. That's another person we got to have on is Jonathan Groff. We can ask him. Oh my god! Of course, I do. Pref- I, I I I think. I don't know. I'm a little more invested in the the Beanie Feldstein and Ben Platt friendship. You know, oh wow, that's yeah. a real, yeah. real cute, cute pair. Do you know Beanie Feldstein is Jonah Hill's sister? I do. I did not because know. Jonah's sister-in-law is yeah. one of the owners of the Ten Jewelry with uh, oh. my friend Shira Cast Weiss, and I see. Jonah has 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 rocked uh, a lot of ten on Instagram and. Right. As is Adam Levine, uh, oh, sort of in the, in the family Levine. as well. The the thing of them being siblings is like Roy Orbison not being blind. That I'm like, I guess the only person in the world who didn't know that. Yeah, I guess I thought Roy Orbison was blind too. He's not blind. Huh. He's not blind. And I found that out like a year ago. Anyway. Um, this one is a more serious question. Dave. Oh, no. Curious how you thought about the have kids or not choice over the course of your life. Hmm. Well, okay. Um, it is a uh, it's a thing that I 
like kids is a thing I kept waiting to have a desire to do. Yeah. And, uh, and it was something that I was like, you know, when it's the right time in my life, then, then it'll, you know, I'll know and it'll happen. And, uh, it hasn't and I'm 51. So it probably won't like there's, there is still, and I've said this before, the idea of like, you know, fostering when we're perhaps a bit older and, and have more space and, and all that kind of thing, because I think that's a service that I can, that I can like provide, but I don't, the, the urge, certainly the urge to like have a biological child, I've never really had. Right. And, and then, you know, so to like go through everything you have to go through to do surrogacy or, you know, that expense and time and whatever, it's like, no, if it were free, I don't, I don't think I would be interested. Um, and then, you know, adoption is, is, is there, but like, there is not room in our lives for a, uh, a baby. It just, it just never, it never hit me. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like, I was with my mom a couple years ago at home and she was talking about the grandkids or something or her grandkids. And, uh, and she was like, oh, can you imagine going through life without children? And I was like, yeah, I actually yeah. can because that's my actual life. So I actually I don't have to imagine that at all. And uh, and she was like, oh no, not not you. I mean, whatever. Just like you know, backpedaled and and you know, apologized and whatever. But like, yeah, no, I don't. It's not been a part of my life. And I have enough friends for whom it is not a part of their lives that I don't think that uh, you know it's gonna end in us being lonely or unfulfilled or or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just like a long rationalization uh for not having gotten on the stick earlier, but I really don't think so. I just don't that's not that's just not been on my radar ever. Yeah, and I think the uh, the the quote that I, you know, hear often and has been sort of coming up for me a lot is that it is much better to regret not having children later in life mm-hmm. than to regret having had them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We all know some people who fall into that uh, latter Absolutely. category. Absolutely. I hear you. Uh, and, you know, it does leave room in your life for so many other things, uh, uh-huh. adventures that you would, you know, wouldn't be able to have otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to join the Red Hat Society. I'm going to, you know, all this fun kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. And you never got pre- so you obviously did, have never gotten pressure from your mom. No. No, not at all. Or questions all. about it. Right, right. No. No, no one no one in the family, the massive extended family has ever been like, are you going to get married or are you going to have kids? Like ever. So that's probably a thing to, <laughs> to keep it on. I, I think that has more to do therapy. with just them uh, <clears throat> equating you being gay with, oh, that's just not, that's not part of the lifestyle, you know? That they, yeah. They, yeah, and I think I'm probably in the last cohort of people for whom that's true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, you are a few years younger than me and it's like, it's a, a conversation that you're having and that you would be expected to have. And I, it just, it never, it never was for me. Like Billy Eichner, I blame straight people. Well, they are the cause of all suffering. I agree with you. I mean, and, I, and on the other hand, like I, 
have a lot of straight friends. You know, my closest friends are, are, are women who are all my same age and all of them have at different points grappled with, you know, fertility and um, how to uh, navigate having a baby when it is not happening easily. And I will say that it does feel like any hope I might have been holding on to that I might do it at the same time as one of my friends and experience that simultaneously have somebody that, you know, we could do play dates and, and, and be sort of on the journey together. That window is closing very rapidly. Yeah. It's still open, but it's closing very rapidly. Well, it does. It just makes me think about it a little more seriously and, and sit back and go, okay, so my, I'm noticing that because I do actually want them and I haven't really acknowledged that I want them. It has just sort of revived the conversation, but we're, we're, we're kind of in the same place we always have been, which is like, maybe we want them. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. But when I do know, the homophiliacs will be the first people I will tell. It'll be a special episode. It'll be a special episode. We'll get Jonathan Groff. Yeah. Well, that got heavy. Those are all the questions we have at the moment. That got heavy. Anything else on In your delightful way. mind or spirit, Dave? Anything on my spirit? Uh, oh, golly. No. I'm, I, am, uh, I am steeped in either uh, gay or extremely homophobic stand-up comedy right now Mm. and have been for several weeks and as excited as I am for this documentary to come out because it is going to be very good. It is, uh, I am, I am ready to, to move on to a a different genre. Yeah. Um, I hadn't even considered that part of the experience in that part of the documentary that obviously you're, you're, you're covering queer standups, but also covering, I'm assuming like straight standups talking about queerness. Yep. 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 Which has got to be a doozy. It is a real goddamn doozy. Uh, Yeah. Like going back and really spending some time with those Andrew Dice Clay specials is, uh, is something that will uh, send a person right back to therapy as it has with me. So uh, yeah, it's coming out next year, title TBD, but I'm ready. Matt, anything else on your spirit before we enter our weekend? No, I just, you know, I do enjoy these, uh, these little moments that we have just to ourselves, but we also have some very exciting guests coming up Mm -hmm. and no spoilers at the moment. Um, but you know, we'll be back next week with some fun company. Oh yes, indeed. Have a great week and go see bros. (laughs) 